everybody, this is Jesse. I am the host of the Celsia Art Podcast, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the podcast. And um, I'm glad it's actually happening. I've been kind of putting off doing this episode for a while, but uh, it's time. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done a regular episode in about two months, um, and I'll go into why that is. Um, but yeah, just want to welcome you. If you're unfamiliar with the podcast, um, it's basically just about comics, pop culture, TV, movies, all the things I really love. I like to delve into really good stories, things that I think make good stories. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I'm just a big geek and I'm just doing this just for fun. And uh, if, you're, if you're listening, thank you so much for hanging out and I hope you enjoy what you hear. Um, but real quick, I just kind of, for people that have regularly listened, um, just kind of want to explain where, why I haven't had a regular episode in a while. And also explain why, once again, I'm doing this solo and, again, recording by myself in a bathroom. Um, somebody once joked that I should call the podcast Shit Talking, which makes sense given uh, where I'm recording at the moment. Because for a while there, I actually was able to get people to come on the podcast with me and talk about fun stuff. Uh, but it's been a while, mainly because life kind of got in the way. Um, priorities kind of started piling up and I just didn't really have the time to really set aside for, you know, talking, going in and just talking about this fun, geeky stuff. Um, and we were living in California previously, uh, but we just, it became more and more clear that we had to make a change. Uh, where we were living in Orange County was, uh, getting more and more crowded, getting more and more expensive, um. And it just was becoming tougher just to live there and have a family and give your family the kind of life that they deserve. And I was kind of fed up. And I spoke to my wife and she was discussing like, you know, what our next moves should be. Um, she wanted to still stay in California, but uh, we had taken a vacation um, to Tennessee a while back. And we visited Nashville in the fall and we I just fell in love with it. I liked the city. The city was clean and I mean the parts that we visited I were just nice they blew me away the people were amazingly nice to us and um when she was just discussing places that we should go um I just could not let go of Tennessee and uh the city of Nashville was just beautiful to me and so um I started pushing for it and um started doing more research and it turns out that it is a great place to live and be and that's where we've been the past month um, we moved, and it was insane because it happened really quickly. And um, we basically, um, one of us ended up getting a job over here without ever actually doing a physical interview. They just liked us enough. And we really quickly had to go and figure out how we are going to move our stuff, how we were going to get there. Uh, we had to find a place. We had to, I mean, we we had to find a place without actually going and visiting it personally. So the whole thing was nuts. Uh, the first week we did all that, we set up like pods to move. We set up um, finding a place, getting all, everything signed signed up and stuff. We did all the packing. And then the next week was basically just going and driving and getting everything done. And it has been a whirlwind. And the uh, differences between California and Tennessee are huge. Uh, namely being that number one, holy crap, is thing, are things cheaper? Um certain things like gas even our car insurance went down like crazy um 
I will say that the DMV here is incredibly terrible compared to California, which is surprising. But the people are phenomenal. Almost everyone we've ran into has been incredibly nice. And to the point where it's kind of surprising, there are points where I don't feel like it's real. But uh, people seem really genuine here. And I don't know. Uh, so far, it's been good. So that's kind of why you haven't heard from us. Um, I mean, you know, this podcast is still a thing I do for fun. And we're just going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. Um, one of the things you might have noticed was even though these podcasts have stopped where I'm talking about like comics and stuff, uh, one thing that did continue was the Dungeons and Dragons specials that I would do. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. I've had friends tell me specifically like, yeah, if I see if it's d and don't, I don't listen to it. And it's understandable when some of the D&D podcasts go on for like two or three hours or even five hours. That's not for everybody. That's really rough. Um, so I don't blame you for that. And I realized, like, you know, that's not for me. If I was a fan of the podcast and all of a sudden they kept throwing things at me that I just didn't care about, I would lose interest in the podcast. So instead what I've done is I've gone ahead and made a second podcast dedicated solely to Dungeons & Dragons as we've started a new campaign. But I will say that if you're still like, eh, about Dungeons & Dragons, honestly, find a way to play and... It's just so much fun. Um, I'm a nerd. I feel like I was meant to play that game. But I feel like people that even have no interest in it, like my friend Lindsay, who's been on the podcast several times, you would never think that she would play Dungeons & Dragons. But you know what? She absolutely loves it. I mean, not as much as me. She'll even tell me, like, "Eh, I like it, I enjoy it, but you're on another level. But um, someone I would not expect absolutely loves it as well as she sees how much fun it is because it's not your typical game you kind of it's a group of people and friends coming together to tell a fun story and you you're controlling one character you decide anything that you want that character to do and it's just so much fun uh but i digress so yeah if you're interested in that um it's called the legendary action podcast i only got a few episodes out but i'm hoping it becomes a um i don't know that people really enjoy it uh, moving on to the art portion of this podcast, um, I've recently been invited by a, a fellow artist named BJ Han. Uh, she's really talented. She does a lot of TMNT like fan art, and um, she has. I believe she's also working on a cover for an actual TMNT comic book. Like she's incredibly talented. Uh, she's someone I follow. And she put it out there for anyone that follows her, like, hey, if you're someone that's creative, I want to do this 100-day challenge pod, or this 100-day challenge uh, comic thing, comic challenge. So basically what it is, is you have 100 days. Every day you dedicate at least a half hour to this project. It could be whatever project that you've been kind of putting it off. It doesn't necessarily have to be a comic. Traditionally, it is a comic book that you're trying to do in 100 days, but you can do whatever you want. And for me... I was like, you know, I keep putting off making a comic. I still have it. You know, I'm, I've always said I wanted to finish a comic book. And this time I'm really going to do it. And I decided to try and make it a little bit easier on myself. I was working on the that Spider-Man fan comic that's a reimagining. Um, and I had a lot of groundwork done. But I decided I want to start fresh with this. And my whole thing is I just want to go in and I want to have fun. I want to put it out there and... You know, see if people like it. And that's what I've been doing every night after everyone goes to sleep. I come downstairs, I pull out this sketchbook, and I just jot down ideas. And for the first 
10 days, there was almost no drawings whatsoever. It was all just me trying to do the story, kind of figure out how the story would work, um, how things would work. And one of the things I wanted was to not do the standard superhero thing, uh, just because it's been done a lot and I wanted to try something different and fun. And with this new one, um, I, I'll say that it's, it's <laughs> people probably hate this once I say it, but um, I was thinking of, it's basically an idea I had like 10 years ago, but it's looking at it now, you could say that it's a mix of like Superbad meets Jumanji, um, Welcome to the Jungle meets uh, Death Note, if that makes sense. And uh, Mark Bernardin, if you're a fan of Fat Man Beyond, the podcast with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, um, he had posted this thing, like if you're... If you have any questions as a writer, you know, send them to me. And I think I asked him, like, what, how do you define a really well-written story? And he said something to the effect of, well, really interesting characters doing things I haven't done before. And that's kind of been my focus is I, I'm trying to create these characters. Uh, they're normal people, just standard, like, teenagers and stuff and the people that are in their lives. And I'm trying to really flesh them out and make them to become someone that's a lot of fun. Uh, the kind of characters that even if you remove whatever sci-fi or supernatural element is in there, you would still want to read the comic just because the characters are a lot of fun and really interesting and you love, you'll be very entertained by watching them interact and I hope that, you know, you kind of see yourself in them. And uh, the reason I say Superbad is because I kind of look at the dialogue of some of the characters in Superbad, specifically, you know, some of the very first scenes when they're in school, uh, more to the point, the convenience store dialogue. Uh, just to me was probably some of the most realistic dialogue I've heard of teenagers talking to each other and of two best friends really just talking to each other and I just loved it I really glommed onto it and um, that's kind of what I wanted with the characters that I'm making now is I wanted them to be very real sort of unedited and but also really relatable sweet vulnerable flawed but at the same time like you're still rooting for them and uh, yeah that's kind of been what I've been trying to do. Uh, more recently, I've kind of hammered out how I want the story to go, and um, I'm just doing like quick mock-up panels to try and figure out how I want this to be. I'm doing this the wrong way. I know I am. By not doing a script or something, just because I don't know how to do those. Um, I'm sure I could ask a buddy for help. That He's done scripts before, but I just don't want to bother him, and I know I don't have the patience to go and actually sit down and try and write um, you know, oh, the camera would pan this way, and um, this person says this. I just, I don't know, for me, I just want to go and get it out of my head, put it on the paper, and just go that way, make a couple drafts in the sketchbook, uh, see what I feel works, what doesn't, and then just finally do the final piece. So, uh, so yeah, started the challenge on August 19th, and I will admit I have missed about two days. Um, but I try and make up for if I miss a day, I, I try and do an hour the night after. Um, I should be doing that right now, but I've been putting off the podcast, and I've actually had people ask about it, which is really sweet. And um, I don't want to give up on it in this. This was a New, Year's, a New Year's resolution of mine to do the podcast and have it done weekly, and I've lagged. So that's very disappointing, but I can't just give up. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, going on to... From art, I'm gonna wanted to talk about like TV and comic books, specifically The Boys. Uh, if you're not familiar and you have Amazon Prime, you have got to check out The Boys. Um, it blew me away, hundred percent. 
one of the reasons being is obviously we always love those stories of like hey what if superheroes were real like what if they were here in our real life how cool would that be and there have been you know shows and comics I'm sure that have uh, tried to tackle that but with the boys and the TV show in particular it really shows just how dark a world uh, what superheroes could really be and it kind of reminds you that like yeah there's heroes I mean they've got powers so they're super that doesn't make them good people. Uh, people are still people, and people are very flawed, and some people should never be given powers. And you also see the effect of um, how superheroes can be monetized, and the kind of world that it would be. And as I'm watching the show, you kind of they kind of give you a, a glimpse behind the curtain of um, what it likely would be, where you've got one corporation, basically, they've got their heroes, they've signed them on, they... Um, have comic books written about these heroes, movies done for these heroes. All they really care about is their reputations in terms of uh, how many people love them, uh, that kind of stuff. And it really does feel like something that would happen where you would have some corporation cashing in, seeing how loved these individuals are and finding a way to monetize them. And um, the show is incredibly violent. It's insane. It's gritty. Um, it just blew me away. I just I could, it it was one of those things that I just love with certain types of media where as soon as you turn it off you want to turn it right back on to find out what happens next. Um, that happened with me when I was reading Jurassic Park. That happened to me when I was whenever I was playing like Skyrim or something. Um, it's just that good where as soon as you stop you're like I need to know what happens next, but I have to go to bed because it's two in the morning. So, uh, it the characters are fantastic. Um, the guy that gets you in. Uh, is he's really relatable and he's a lot of fun. Um, so once once I had finished the entire series, I was like, well, you know, this was really good. I just wish there was more. I want to know what happens next. And I looked on this app called Hoopla. Now, if you don't know, Hoopla is an app that allows you to go and read comic books for free, check out music for free. All you need is a library card. If you've got a library card, you're able to check all this stuff out. You get eight things a month, and it's fantastic. And like I said, it's free if you've got a library card. So, Hoopla. Yeah. So I went on there. I typed in the boys. The comic popped up. The Omnibus, actually. They had, I believe, three of them or four of them. And I was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and check out the first one. And I there are lots of differences, but here's the thing. The differences didn't make me hate the show or make me think of any less of the show and vice versa. The show didn't make me think the comic was worse or anything. In fact, it was fantastic. I can't say which one I like more, which is actually a huge compliment. Uh, I really can't decide because I absolutely loved the show and the comics were just so much fun to read and so just fucked up. <laughs> I mean, insanely fucked up. Like the show, there's things that are pretty messed up as it is, but when you delve into the comic, there's horrible terrible things that these heroes are doing and, and they just really don't hold back and they sh <laughs> you can see some very terrible things in the comic but there's a lot of humor in it there's a lot of very obviously very dark humor in it um it makes you question certain things and makes you wonder like what kind of you know hero you would be if you were ever given these powers or given these situations because uh, there are instances where there's heroes that are very messed up and terrible people but then you discover why they're like that and you, you begin to ask yourself, like, would I have sympathy for this character? Um, but yeah, it totally blows me away. Uh, the comic is very good. I highly suggest you, you uh, check it out. And um, 
We're probably going to make this a very quick podcast because it's very late. <laughs> we were up late watching season nine of The Walking Dead on Netflix because, yeah, we're we're big fans. And we only watch it when it comes out on Netflix, though. So the other thing that's going on that's caused a lot of upheaval in my life, which is very sad. It's caused me a lot of stress because typically when I have this kind of stress, it's because of a real problem in life. Like there's a parking or there's a you know, speeding ticket I have to pay off or something, or, um, freaking out about being laid off or something, like, yeah, those are reasons to be stressed. This is stressing me out, and I know it shouldn't, but it's the Spider-Man Sony versus Marvel debacle, and it, it just bothers me so much, just because, number one, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, always have been, uh, I was never really too thrilled with what Sony was doing, uh, I'm one of those few people that, I appreciate the Raimi films, but I don't feel like they're the be-all, end-all of uh, the definitive Spider-Man, which you can't really say, because for a lot of people, that Spider-Man is their defining Spider-Man. They're the ones, that's the one that they grew up with. Like that, So for some of them, that was their first exposure to the character. And so whenever I say anything remotely negative or critical of the, of the trilogy, um, people just pile on, and yeah, it's not great. But that being said, um, if you're listening to this, you probably already know, Marvel and Sony had a dispute regarding whether or not to continue having him in the MCU, and it was about profits. Uh, Sony had this deal with Marvel where Marvel would only get 5% of the initial box office open, and then after that they would get all the merchandising off of like um, clothes, toys, anything that you know would be an offshoot of those movies, and Sony would reap the rest. And what I guess more, uh, Disney was trying to do was instead propose that they fund half of the, they finance half of the film, um, and then they still, they would get 50% back, and I think also still get all the uh, merchandising royalties as well. And uh, Sony wasn't having it. And, you know, in a way I can understand that. Getting 50%, even though, yes, you're financing it, you're, you know, getting that 50% plus all the merchandising, uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of asking a bit. And uh, someone was like, nope, we're good. Don't need you. It's fine. And Marvel was like, well, I guess the doors are closed. That's all we're going to do. And if you've seen uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, you stayed for the very end credits, you know why that would leave you livid. Because holy crap was that end scene amazing and just left you wanting to know exactly what happens next and um it's very hard for me just because i really do enjoy what marvel's been doing is it the most definitive version of spider-man i would you know um that i would hope to see on the big screen not really just because you know there's people that are critical saying like this mcu spider-man is like iron man jr and you know tony stark is taking over for the role of uncle ben and i get that um, the whole thing of, like, you know, Tony Stark making, giving him a suit, uh, they don't like that. I can see why they don't like it, but I can just look past it. I actually do enjoy it, and I I really do believe, like, for me, they've made a better Spider-Man film than anything that Sony's put out in the past. And, well, I will admit Spider-Man 2 was very good, but um, Far From Home was phenomenal, and I loved Homecoming. So... I think what really made this easy for Sony, though, was a few things. This last year was pretty much the year of Spider-Man. Um, you had um, 
the Spider-Man PlayStation game that came out for PS4. And that game was just so damn good. And it just made a killing. Um, it deserved ever, all the praise that it got. The story was fantastic. I loved it more than any of the movies that came out. And I just felt like they really nailed the character and the humor. And they threw in all these things that any fan would really be a, would really be happy to see. Like all the suits and stuff and all the references and Easter eggs. And seeing certain things within the city like the Fantastic, or the Avengers building and stuff. So they just nailed it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so he was very lucky to have such a great game being exclusive for them. And that did huge. The other thing was, of course, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, when I saw the animation, I when initially when they were doing previews and they were like, oh, you know, it's Miles Morales. I was... I was really blown away by the animation, the style they were going for. I love that they were using hip hop in it. And I was like, well, this, you know, this could be really good. And then as more and more details came out and it was about there being more than one Spider-Man, I was really blown away. Like, how are they going to make this work? Is this actually going to be good? I mean, it looks really good. I'm very hopeful. I finally got to see it and it exceeded my expectations. It was a phenomenal Spider-Man movie. They did a great job and... I couldn't believe that they would... Here's the thing. I, for a long time, I was very skeptical of, Mar, of uh, Miles Morales. I kept hearing about him. People kept going like, we want to see him in, in movies. And I hadn't read any of the stuff yet. I got fed up and I went and read the comics and I loved it. I loved what they did with Ned and I loved it with... Or, uh, oh, Gen Genki, Jesus Christ. It's because... <laughs> sorry, the MCU Spider-Man basically took Genki and put him as Ned in... In their universe. Um, but Miles and Genki's friendship is fantastic. And his whole origin... Uh, the whole the character in and of itself stands on its own so well. And so strong. Um, but they did such a good job of making the character just so much fun to watch. And um, it they just killed it. It was fantastic. And then you pile that on top of the fact that like... You know, all, anything with Spider-Man in it is just been killing it. Civil War was fantastic. Um, Homecoming was did really well as well. And so you've got all this momentum that, you know, with Disney's help that the that uh, somebody's been getting, you've got all that, and then you've got Venom. Venom comes out. I still haven't seen it. I refuse to see it. I will never pay to watch it. If someone has it on, and they're like, let's go watch Venom. If you're paying, sure. You know, I might check it out. But I've got really no interest in it because it's got no ties. And for me, I just saw it as Sony's cash grab and that's pretty much what it was even though there are people that are the general consensus is it was a good movie from what i've heard um critics didn't like it but a lot of fans really enjoyed it and they were happy about it the problem what for me was that i saw this as if we give them that money they're gonna feel confident and be able to want to, and they're gonna really want to go and do their own universe and that's why they're they're looking at Morbius. That's why they're looking at like Black Cat, um, and that's really why I was really hoping it would bomb. Because if it bombed, it would completely destroy their hopes of wanting to go and do these other Spider-Man films, which would make them do what's happening now. All these moves of Venom success, the Spider-Man game being successful, um, you know, Homecoming being successful, and uh, you know, Far From Home just made breaking a billion dollars made Sony go like, what do we need you for? You've given us all this momentum. We've built up momentum ourselves. Uh, clearly people do love these Venom movies. We can have them cross over. We're going to make a billion dollars and we have to share any of it with you. 
And that's where I can see why Sony would do it. Uh, obviously, I'm not happy about it. Um, and a part of me is just really upset because it's very arrogant. Some of the things that uh, the head guys at Sony have said, which is basically like, hey, you know, Kevin Spiegel didn't really do everything. Um, we believe that we can do better on our own, essentially. And I just want to grab these guys and shake them and be like, because of Disney, Spider-Man was in one of the, was in, you know, Endgame, which is the highest growing movie in history. Spider-Man was in that. And you can actually say that the character that you have film rights to was in a movie that made the most money in history. Like, you didn't do that alone. There were 10 years of movies prior to that that led up to that moment and for him to be in that. And when they did finally do some some solo movies, you're seeing some of the highest grossing Spider-Man movies of all time. As a matter of fact, like I said, Far From Home broke a billion. None of the solo Spider-Man movies have. In fact, I think the closest one was Spider-Man 3, which <laughs> if you've seen Spider-Man 3, you know why that's not an achievement. So... It's just hard. I hope that somehow they reach a, a deal. I keep reading news that that's not happening, and every day we get we stray further from God, and by that I mean we stray further from Spidey being in the in the uh, MCU. It's incredibly disappointing because I really wanted to see what happens next. If Sony were to strike a deal where they're like, "Look, we'll give him give you him for one more movie," I'd accept it. Because one, we'd be able to ramp this up, this this next movie, and Marvel would have a chance to explain why, you know, Peter's gone. They could give him a proper explanation. Now they're left with this hanging thread, and I think that's one of the reasons that they were able to negotiate against Disney so well was the fact that they knew that Disney had put Spider-Man in such an important position where it's like, if you don't give in to our demands, you're screwed. Like, all the stuff that you've been building up to... And it's just hinges on this character that we own. If you don't want to play nice, we'll take him away. And that's exactly what they did. And now, you know, Disney's got to be like, ah, it's fine. We don't need that. We will figure a way around. And they probably will. But to say that it doesn't hurt and that it's fine, it's not fine. And it's not going to be easy. They're in for a huge, huge uphill battle. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I remain hopeful. There's a little part of me that still thinks like maybe in the coming weeks there's going to be some sort of consensus made. Like I said, even if it's just one more movie, I'd be happy. So, but yeah, um, I think that'll be it. I've ranted long enough about Spider-Man and all this other stuff. Um, thanks for staying, sticking around this long. And hopefully next time I'll have a guest and I'll actually have a topic because those have been fun. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. And... Have a great one. Have you ever wanted to be a god? Have you ever wanted to have ultimate control? Well, now you can. Thanks to Dungeons and Dragons by Wizards of the Coast. If you've ever wanted to kill all your friends and get away with it somehow, Dungeons and Dragons is the answer. You just have to be a dungeon master. Not only can you kill your friends, you can become whatever you want. Want to be some sort of crazy, immortal vampire guy that's obsessed with his ex-girlfriend that continually stalks him and becomes a cat for some reason. You can do that. If you want to be a lonely peasant, you can do that. Love to do voices? You're perfect. So, if that's the kind of life you'd like to live and you want to have ultimate
take control of your friends in the entire universe. Dungeons and Dragons as a Dungeon Master is for you. If you ever want to get into it, please go to wherever comic book shop or game shop or wherever your local nerds congregate.